Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome fellow explorers. Thank you for diving in. Our mission is to get you and ourselves out of our comfort zone to explore. We want to take you along with us on our next adventure. Find out how by going to sirensoapbox.com, click dive in and explore to learn more. The wilderness, the great unknown, large trees, thick underbrush, steep cliffs, menacing predators, poisonous plants, stinging insects, exposure to extreme temperatures. Starting to feel small and helpless? What if we told you you don't have to feel that way when you're out in the wild? All it takes is some knowledge and preparation. To start this challenge, the Sirens watched the four and a half hour long masterclass called Jesse Krebs Teaches Wilderness Survival. The Air Force Survival Evasion Resistance and Escape Veteran teaches the mindset and skills to safely explore the outdoors, according to masterclass.com, through 16 video lessons. After our virtual classroom experience, the Sirens each picked a few survival skills to test out in the field. Could the Sirens survive in the wilderness? Let's find out. But first, if at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Mango. 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 Right? <laughs> right? 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 First up, <laughs> first up on our soapbox is Murph. I love this adventure because I love all things outdoors. I grew up in a family where camping was our vacation because it was affordable. So learning about survival in the wilderness has been a lot of fun for me. I think my favorite takeaway from the Jesse Krebs masterclass was simply to wear outerwear like your rain jacket or a coat that is big on you. And the reason for this is because wearing clothes that aren't tight will create air pockets that will warm up when it's cold. She also suggested one could stuff those baggy pockets full of leaves or grasses to create an insulation. And this idea is so simple yet genius, and it could truly save someone's life. And I will never buy a jacket that fits me ever again. Also, it's totally like a wetsuit, but out in the wild. The wetsuit is the same concept, right? So my second favorite takeaway was learning how to tie knots. Jessie Krebs calls herself a knot nerd and watching her tie knots is like watching a magician. Knot tying is the skill I'm practicing because it's so practical. Even for a simple camp out, I like to hang a line in case, you know, we need to hang anything to dry. And it's always a struggle for me. I never know like which knot to use to make it work well. Well, not anymore, friends. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm a dive master and being able to set the buoy at the quarry, you have to be able to tie a knot to do that. We're constantly attaching tags underwater to points of interest there too. Not tying, that's where it's at, friends. I cannot whistle with my fingers. 
I, all right. So Mark can, he's like a boss when it comes to whistling loud, using your fingers. And he worked with me one-on-one instruction for a long time. I have not been able to master this one, but I can whistle using the cap of an acorn. So I think that's something. Jess, did you enjoy the survivalist as much as I did? I really did. I thought that this class was super interesting. I really liked learning how to build a shelter and how to find plants to eat that are safe. I didn't even think this was possible. I thought it was just you are in a survival situation and um, you either make it or you don't. And, (laughs) you know, you find a plant to eat and, oh, turns out it was poisonous. Sorry about your luck. So that was super interesting. And it really made me think about when I was in middle school and we had a weekend at Camp Kern. Those of you who are from Ohio may know what this is. But when I did that weekend, um, which we learned kind of more pioneer skills, but I was a lot more interested in socializing than actually learning anything. So taking this class together, but not in person, I learned more because we didn't do as much socializing. (laughs) So that was probably a good idea. The skill I decided to try myself was using a signaling mirror, which when Jesse was explaining it was a lot more involved than I figured it would be. I just assumed you just flash it and you're good to go, but it's a lot more challenging and you have to think about a lot more. See my YouTube video for more on this. I'm still working on the challenge of whistling with your fingers. I watched probably 10 to 15 different YouTube videos and even one that was whistling without your fingers, just using your tongue and your teeth to get a high pitched sharp whistle have not succeeded at any of them. I can whistle, I just can't whistle loudly. I think maybe I'll have to see if Ben can do it and have him teach me, but Mer didn't give me much hope with that, with just what she said. So I think the overall takeaway is that I will now be taking more on me on with me on day hikes um, because apparently that is a, a dirty word for Jesse Krebs is um, day hike. So I will actually be taking more with me, assuming I'm not going into a well-traveled area that I know somebody's going to pass me by if I am in trouble. So Elsie, can you whistle with your fingers? No. Oh, you will hear about that in just a second. But first, (laughs) (laughs) I have been wondering, when did we get so disconnected from nature, from our mother earth? What I liked about Jessie Krebs' approach is that she teaches that wilderness isn't something that we need to be fearful of. Wilderness gives us everything that we need. We just have to be calm and thoughtful with our actions. Right out the gate, Jessie had a few things that made me think about being a diver, which makes sense. The wilderness is an extreme environment, just like being underwater. As divers, we learn to slow your breathing to avoid panic. Don't touch, especially if you don't know what it is. And we learn navigation and knots, just like Murr was talking about. So this class was right up our alley. However, it's a little bit different trying to learn these things on land. My husband is also a veteran, so some things I knew. We have a lot of 550 cord around our home. 
there are a few interesting nuggets that I had not heard of before, like how to use a needle thread and friction as a makeshift compass, and how to use the haze of the Earth's atmosphere to determine approximate distances. And that the color of what you forage matters. Like if it's blue, 90% of the time it's okay to eat. And if it's green, it's okay to eat 10% of the time. And it's times like these that I wish that we were able to ask the instructor questions because I would have assumed the opposite here. Which brings me to my next point. Her personality and camera presence is fantastic. However, you can tell that Jesse is used to delivering the information to a live classroom setting. I also would have loved to discuss rationing food more because that was a lot of math. In the field, I practiced how to use a ferro rod and I made a survival kit for day hikes. The ferro rod definitely takes some practice to get used to. I also made a less than two pound survival kit uh, mainly because it stuck with me when Jesse said that the most dangerous hike is a day hike. My adventure in the field will be posted to YouTube, so you can check it out there. What will not be posted is my attempt to learn whistling. <laughs> Going back to Jess's question, that was a slobbery mess. And embarrassingly, I bit my tongue a few times. How does your whistle sound, TC? Oh, I can whistle some of the times. Some of the times. You can never have too many survival skills, right? I was pretty excited to learn from someone that has the credentials Jesse Krebs has. She was a U.S. Air Force survival, evasion, resistance, and escape specialist. And this was an interesting class. Some of the things she taught seemed really obvious once someone points them out to you. For example, there's a trick where you put a compass on a map. Then move until the north of the map matches the north of the compass. This helps you orient yourself and gives you an idea of where you are in real space. So simple, so obvious. I ordered a compass keychain right away and one for Dino as well, so that I would always have a way to determine my direction. I bought a map so that I could try out the skill. When the map arrived, I excitedly opened it, ready to see exactly where on St. Croix my patio faces, except well, it was a map of St. John. You'll have to check out the fabulous video tutorial I took of this blunder. Yes, I caught the mistake on video. You're welcome. We added the challenge of learning to whistle with our fingers to this whole experience. This was fun for me, but not so much for people around me. I'm okay at it. I mean, I can do it most of the time. I'll keep practicing. I was surprised to learn that the day hikes were the most dangerous. It makes sense though, that people feel less need to be prepared for an emergency. I know I typically have that same attitude, which is part of what makes it so dangerous. If you are a camper, hiker, or outdoor enthusiast of any type, I think it's a great class to take. I feel like there are some skills that I picked up which could come in handy in an emergency situation. Hopefully they never have to. One thing I was excited to try, but never had the opportunity, was starting the fire, starting a fire with a ferro rod. Amazon will not send these to St. Croix. I'm not sure why, and I could never figure it out, but I was completely unsuccessful in getting one, so I still haven't tried it. The beautiful thing about the five of us doing this together is that we each tried different things. 
I think Elsie tried the ferro rod and I think Sarah tried to start a fire. Sarah, how'd it go? Uh, well, if you really wanna know how my fire starting went, you'll have to look at the video because yes, there is a, a really awesome video of my fire starting fire walking. <laughs> so I really enjoyed watching the survivalist videos. I thought the whole series of topics were well presented and easy to follow. Jesse was fun to watch, right? One of the things I liked about the course was how Jesse made it more than just the skills she was trying to teach, but the why behind them all. And while the course didn't seem terribly long, of course, that might have been because we watched it together, adding another layer of fun. It was jam packed with information. I took notes, lots of them, you know, like my life depended on it. As I look back over those notes while writing this, I do wish I had taken the time to spend a whole weekend somewhere playing with all of the survival techniques we learned about. Things like signaling, travel techniques, and not tying. Unfortunately, there just wasn't time. When the weather warms up next year though, I plan to do just that. Even if it's not a whole weekend, I'd like to do some day trips, which may sound very safe, but as we've heard, Jesse points out, those can end up being the most disastrous when things go wrong. Mostly because folks get lulled into thinking they don't need too much preparation if it's just an out and back trip. So I promise I'll take the day trips seriously. I think the knot tying section was the most difficult section to follow. That was probably because we didn't stop and practice as we watched, and I'm definitely a hands-on learner, so just watching doesn't really let things sink in. Because I didn't leave enough time to practice knot tying, which I would have liked to master, I instead decided to practice fire starting as my challenge. I used a magnesium fire starter and a flint tool. In my video, I mistakenly called the whole thing a flint tool. Um, now, while I did take a shortcut by using tissue paper as my tinder, I used the tool to get a nice pile of magnesium shavings and then used the flint to make a spark. After a few tries with the flint, I got enough of a spark to light the shavings and hey presto, I had fire. It was actually a total blast and I'm quite sure that I am now absolutely ready to be on Survivor. So whistling with our fingers, I think I might've missed the memo on how important that was and that we were all supposed to try it. But I can tell you this, as I was messing with it today, I realized I didn't care for the taste of my fingers and I ended up feeling like I had to keep washing my hands. And uh, so I kind of gave up on that, but I promise I'll try that maybe later. So uh, the question I have for everybody is, when are we doing a siren camping trip to practice all of our new skills? Just when? wrote that down, Sarah. I know. <laughs> I had written it down too. See, see, oh there's my, my question. All right. So this is a serious question because I feel like it would be so much fun to practice all of these skills together at some point. So we'll definitely have to put that on the calendar. March. In St. Oh Croix. We could camp oh. in St. Croix. Oh, in March. perfect. I was going to say, no, way too cold, but St. Croix, yes. Yeah. We're going to have to video the entire thing. <laughs> Share it with everyone. <laughs> just, just have a GoPro running in the background the entire weekend. Exactly. Night, well, whatever. We'll have our fabulous, uh, <laughs> TC's trying to whistle right now. We'll have our fabulous uh, film crew. Oh, that's our right. Significant others. That's right. <laughs> filming us. Bill will be there. We're taking care of. And Jack. Jack's pretty handy with yep. the camera. Well, okay. So that, that brings me to a question that I had because we took this class in October. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, middle of December right now. I don't feel like I remember the class. Are we going to remember in three more months? 
So what do you guys think? That's a good question. Jesse Krebs did provide us with that workbook or that guide along with the masterclass. So that's awesome. We'll have to make sure that we print it out because we don't want to rely on our cell phones in the, in the wild. But we have um, several how-to videos. That's I'm true sure. that we're making. We can refer to our YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure that Jess will remember how to do the reflection. I'm pretty sure that Sarah is going to remember how to start a fire with flint and magnesium. And I think, El- and I think LC is going to remember how to start a fire with uh, ferro rod. Ferro rod, yep. And Mur, what's your video? Not tying. Not tying. Yeah, I'm going to tie some knots. I'm going to teach people how to tie some knots. I'm going to teach you all how to whistle. I feel like we're going to be making our own survivalist right? how to <laughs> while we're on our camping trip. It's going to be right. amazing. We just mm-hmm. can't be trying to practice the whistling in the direction of the fire because I definitely spit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, same girl, that, same. That was Mark's complaint. <laughs> Mark was like, quit blowing so hard. If you can just blow a little and make the whistle sound, then you can blow harder. Stop blowing so hard. That's, that was the feedback I got. Right? Right? <laughs> right? Oh, oh, ladies. Oh, oh that's right. Oh. <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay. I need you all to guess how many times Jesse Krebs said right during her master class. It was write it four down and a just, half hours. You have you to write it we, down. Sure. We have to guess how many times she said right question mark. Yeah. Right. During right? a four and a half hour master class. All right. Is well, and mar- to be fair, it- the glass shattered for me about 20 minutes in. The what? The glass she didn't- was shattered. When I finally realized that Jesse uses right as like a comma, and then I started keeping a tally. Oh, so, so it's the, actually more. It's actually more, and I'm not going to go back. So, but you so were only time, 20 minutes in, right? So yes. it's not it's right. not closest without going over. It's just the closest because going over yeah. might be more corrector. Probably. <laughs> I got my number. Oh, all right, hold on. I don't yet. I'm thinking. This is very scientific. And to be fair, Jesse Krebs is an amazing person. Mm-hmm. And the videos are amazing. And I don't care how They're many times amazing. she said, right? We learned a lot. We right? learned a lot. Right. <laughs> it was just glass shattering once I figured it out. Oh, Did you I, was all write to, it down? I was I was getting ready to hold up my notebook with no number written on it. <laughs> all right everybody write down their number we'll go in soapbox order why can't we hold up your number okay or you can shout at the same time but for our listeners we need you to go in soapbox order Wait, Mers first does, does everyone have it written down i do okay all right Mer. time 64 Mer says 64 wow all right i was or jess was next Jess says 215. All right. And then I was next. I know the answer, so I'm not going to go. Then it's TC. (laughs) 540. 540. And Sarah? 
462. Oh, that's too much math. What do you All mean? Right. I don't know who's closest. Okay, well, the what's the we'll number? Math. I will math tell you after listening for about 20 minutes in a four and a half hour long video, mm-hmm. which is 270 minutes, Jesse Krebs said right 303 times. Wow. On average, that is saying right every 53 seconds. Whoa. Did you wow. say <laughs> did you say 303? 303. Wow. That's crazy town. Uh, how on average how many seconds? Every 53 seconds. <laughs> every minute. This girl was like, right? Oh. Oh. When I was telling I think, my husband about this, he's like, was the cameraman like just actively shaking his head the entire time <laughs> he was filming her? But I, I think Jess was closest, right? What was what was what was I the answer? So. 303. 300, yeah, 303. Yeah, I think Jess is closest because Sarah was mid 400s. Right? Right? It, so yeah, that's that's amazing wow which which makes me think she's used to an environment where there are students that are giving her active feedback (laughs) (laughs) right right so i i did the um 270 or whatever that number was minutes and i figured that she said it twice a minute because there were times she said it more than once in a in a single sentence yeah, so I, I figured I figured even my number would be low at 540. I'm surprised it was only 303. I gave her the benefit of the doubt and thought that she said right like four times every 15 minutes. I yeah, you really did. Clearly misremembering <laughs> this. <laughs> I it was a while it made ago. Her, it made her very personable though. And it, it was almost like she was like, like it made everything that she said seem absolutely conversational of course and And I was everything made sense you know and I will say that I didn't even notice she was doing it you guys had to bring it to my attention do you remember that wow that's me yeah I was so glad we didn't actually do a drinking game because we would be dead hammered we would be dead alcohol poisoning (laughs) for for sure sure. for sure yeah I didn't even notice she was doing it it makes me think we all have some sort of phrase, I'm sure, that we say in an awkward pause. I, my old boss used to, my friend, my friend. So what's your? <laughs> my filler? Kind of transition filler phrase. So I say all the time, and sometimes it's true, but a lot of times it's not. I say, that's hilarious. And that reminds me of a Louis C.K. But, but I say that's hilarious a lot, whether I mean it or not. <laughs> I use I you're ridiculous so. quite a bit. Wait, I all right. I heard Sara say that again. I, I use you're ridiculous. Mostly it's when I can't think of what to say and I'm just like, you're ridiculous. And Jess, what did you say? I just say so. I say so. I say so a lot. I'll end, like end a sentence with it. I don't really understand why so. I do it, but so. 
<laughs> TC, do you have one? I'm saying this to, to make us humble because like, I don't want to, she put herself out there on a masterclass and obviously we're not on a masterclass <laughs> and that yet. that's a huge thing yet. And this is going to be glass shattering for any listener. <laughs> They're going to be listening for Sarah. You're ridiculous. And just saying so. And Mer saying that's hilarious. And TC <laughs> saying, I I don't know. I'm sure I say something, but TC oh. says, hmm, a lot. Oh, hmm. but also, this isn't a saying thing. <laughs> oh, I, I tilt my Tilted. head. <laughs> I tilt my head just like Horatio on the TV show. <laughs> He was we have my the glasses. <laughs> and Elsie, let's go down um, your rabbit hole of saying. I know I say rabbit hole a lot, but that's not like a filler word. I was interviewed as a diver, and I said, I think I said also a lot. I was like, oh my God, if somebody did a drinking game to me saying also, because I'm trying to say that instead of um. Mm. So during my interview, I kept saying and also or as well. (laughs) That's funny. My friend says also too. Oh yeah. I have friends who say that. And and it's common. I hear it all the time. Once I had noticed that she was doing it, I hear it all the time. There are people like on television who say it pretty it's more common than i thought it's hilarious it's hilarious (laughs) you're ridiculous Ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) all right ladies (laughs) i was just getting ready to do that back to surviving in the wild okay wait but it's so funny that mer points out that i say hmm because i write hmm all the time (laughs) Just watch when I'm when I'm messaging you. I'll be like, hmm, dot dot dot. Do you tilt your head when you say it? Hmm. Hmm. I'm sure I do. The question is, do I curious? Do I ever untilt my head? That's the question. Do you have a a specific side you favor? I don't know. We'll have to pay attention. Probably this side. I think so too. All right. At so any so rate. somebody had a real question, right? Yes. <laughs> right. All right. How many people show of hands? Well, say yes for our listeners. Do you think after taking this masterclass, could you survive a day in the wild? We got three yeses. Also, the three sevens. I just want all of our listeners (laughs) to know that. Like, yeah, we can survive. All right. I don't know know what I am. I may, I don't think I'm a seven. Haven't heard about all the sevens, but I haven't done that one. But I don't know. But would I be able to survive a day in the wilderness? I mean, you know, you wouldn't necessarily need for one day out there. I figure I'd be okay because um, I'm a big snack packer. I'd have Mm. a lot of snacks. I know how to start a fire and I could dress warmly. 
But I don't know. Right. Any longer than that, when you have to start actually worrying about finding your way out. I mean, if it's just a matter of surviving for the day, I think I could probably could. But if something really catastrophic happened and I had to find my way around, I think that would be my the hardest thing for me to do. Direction is right. not my strong suit. Mm. Could you survive three days in the wild? TC mm-hmm. says yes. Mer says yes. <laughs> Jess says no. Sarah, well, as long as enough snacks, <laughs> if, if, if something didn't eat me and I didn't get injured, I could probably survive. I mean, like, I think I've always thought of having food and water as being the most important thing. But as she said, having food's not that important. So as long as you could find water, perhaps, or. Yeah, yeah I, I know she said it, but I don't have notes about you know, how it was it three days. If you don't have water after three days, Stand you're, by. you're toast. I love that. Sarah basically said, as long as I didn't die, I'd survive. As long as something didn't eat me. <laughs> There's our show quote right there. As long as I didn't die, I survived. <laughs> Hold on. I'm checking my notes. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't write it down. I'm looking through. But yeah, that's, I you think. You can go three weeks without food and up to 30 days. But how about water? How long without water? Since moving to St. Croix, I carry a Yeti of water everywhere I go. So I feel like I could ration that out. For quite a while. Also, it rains every she day. She said to so... drink the water. She said, don't ration it, drink it. That people die of dehydration right. with full water bottles because they're worried about drinking the water. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Also, it rains oh. every day. So I'll oh, yeah, you can drink out. that. I did not like how kind of nonchalant she was with some of these stories she was telling. Oh, about people like dying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like, mean, they were good stories. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But once Sarah has an answer, I have a question well, for TC. I, I mean, about how long you can go without water? Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know that she actually said that because I think what she was getting at the whole time was water's the one thing that you really need to be aware of. I mean, I, I think you can you can get dehydrated and start having some pretty serious side effects without water. I mean, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, which I think is why she said, drink it if you have it. Three days. Don't hold on to it. Three is days. Three Google says three days. Yeah, that's why that's that was the number that I was thinking. So yeah, TC, drink the water. Yeah, Good. I was yeah. just say, drink the water. Drink the water. It's hilarious. You moved to the island, and then not too long afterwards, you were hit by a, a pretty bad hurricane, and you were kind of thrust into the wild and had to survive. So what lessons did you learn from that situation? It's so funny. I thought about that when I was writing my soapbox and decided it wasn't really that universally applicable. So I didn't talk about it. But um, yeah, I went 96 days without electricity right after I had moved here. But I didn't have to start a fire or build a shelter or use a reflection device to signal for help. Um, but some things that I, I mean, it's a different kind of 
survival preparation. You know, you, you do have to make sure that you have, I did make sure I had a good sharp knife and I made sure that I had all of my medications that I needed um, for X amount of time and plenty of alcohol to last me. And I had 270 gallons of water going into the hurricane. So I'm, and that's not counting what was in my cistern, which is thousands and thousands of gallons of water. Um, but it, it was different. I thought about that a lot. I don't know that the survival skills would have prepared me for that. How do you store 270 gallons of water? I literally bought 270 gallon jugs. Damn! Of water. I had boxes and cases of water stacked against the wall. And I had like two months of dog food and... I had a backpack. I did have that. I had a survival kit. I had a backpack and I had cash and I had my knife in there and I had the medications and I had um, identification. I can't remember what all was in flashlights and extra batteries. All that stuff was in my little survival kit. You're talking about this now and I'm looking at each of us and I'm thinking, okay, you live in a place where there is hurricanes. Jess just moved to Hawaii and I don't know if it's Bader Meinhof or if you brought all this cold water or cold snow and shit to Hawaii, but like Hawaii's been in the news for extreme temperatures and Mer, Sarah, you guys are closer than I am to that tornado that just hit. Hmm. And it, it was a 200 plus mile tornado we are not as safe as we all think. You know, you are just a moment's notice from being safe to an oh shit situation. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I, when I went to bed Friday night, I made sure that my, you know, Frank Marzullo, I love Fox 19. He's my favorite weatherman. He, <laughs> um, he said, make sure your phone's charged. You want to be able to hear those alerts. So I, I was prepared for that, but I'm going to be frank here. (laughs) If we were in that storm path, I don't think that any, um, any of this would have prepared you for that. It's fucking devastating. I mean, the whole town's leveled. So I think that, um, gosh, that's terrible, but yeah, you're right. We're not as safe as we think we are there are natural disasters everywhere it is a split second and we live in a ranch and the only reason that we would survive if we were hit by a tornado is because my dad bought us a underground shelter it is an eight by eight underground shelter in our garage we had people come in and dig a hole in our garage and it is a big metal box eight by eight box And that is the only reason we would survive. And that's if we hear the notification in time to make it there. The people that in, um, gosh, I forget the town, that city they were in. I'm sorry. Mayfield, Mayfield, Kentucky. They all had like slab foundations like you do. So nobody had a basement Mm -hmm. to get into. Do you keep stuff in that? Sorry. Do Do you keep stuff in that? shelter we do we have um change of clothes we have mres we have water bottles we also are like jugs of water 
not 270 gallons worth but we have jealous (laughs) yes totally it would not fit in there because it's tight once we get the three of us in there and all of our dogs and our cat and now we have a turtle too connor's like because he was at my grandparents or his grandparents my parents um when the tornadoes hit and he's like if you have to go in the storm shelter you take my turtle and you put him in your pocket (laughs) (laughs) it's like i will save your turtle connor um does he even know you who connor like that was <laughs> I know. Oh, exactly. of, of course i'm saving a turtle yeah right. um we even have a bucket with cat litter for um you smart. know just going number case. two just in case that's smart huh well you might we gotta go one, you gotta so. go we lived in uh, geneva switzerland for many years and all of the homes there in their basements they had actual bomb shelters with um, I don't know how wide it was, you know, probably about six or eight inch thick um, concrete door and walls. And, um, you know, we had shelves in there and everybody was supposed to keep stuff in there, food and water. And um, we basically used it for storage, which was kind of, uh, you know, when, when we were there in the late mid 80s, early 80s. Actually, it must have just been last week because I can't be that old. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, the, the the threats weren't as big back, you know, when we were living there. So we just we didn't take it quite as seriously. But that was pretty intense seeing those bomb shelters and having one in our basement. I used to play in it. I used to go in there and close the door and see if people could find me. But um, that's a whole other story too. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's kind of crazy to have a place like that and think about what you really need in there if you're going to make it worthwhile. And you know, we've done the survivalist um, class. I think we need a uh, an apocalypse bug out bag masterclass too because you know that's different, right? It's you know here you you're going out somewhere into the wilderness and you're taking your survival kit and you're taking everything that you think you may need and you get it prepared and you go and you hope you don't need it. And if you, and, and you've got all these skills, if something goes wrong, but you know, now we're talking about massive tornadoes where you need to shelter or, or the apocalypse where you need to take your bag and run. Yeah. I, I second that. Gonna... I want to create bug out bags. Yes. I was going to ask who has a bug out bag. Does. Well, that's what made me think about it when you were talking about your backpack that you have, you know, something that has everything that you might need. I mean, of course, you're not going to keep in your bug out bag in your storage room. You're not going to keep your actual driver's license, but you can at least have copies of all of your IDs. Oh, that's in there smart. And- that's a good idea. Yeah. It's amazing, too, how much. I mean, one big shift in thought for me was I have everything. It's saved in the cloud. Well, after the hurricane, when, when someone stole the big generator on Island that was giving us all AT&T service, none of us had anything. There was no data. There's no Google maps. There's no cloud. There's nothing because the service was gone. So having paper copies of things in that bug out bag is pretty important. That's a brilliant idea. All right. I, I want to just go back to Jesse for a second. Because girlfriend always has a needle and thread in her hat. I would not so have. Simple. Yeah, I would not have thought of that. <laughs> no way. You do not. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that's I was like. 
sew, yeah, I, I fell for it too. You could sew something closed. You can find true north. Yeah, I can. Or if you were your bill, you could um, sew up your own wound. He's dying to do that. I mean, no pun intended, but he is literally, he <laughs> wants to have a cut that he has to sew up himself. Well, when we we camp together, he and I can chop wood together. Maybe an accident will happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm clumsy. I'm just saying. (laughs) We could could buy an old rundown building somewhere in Chicago where nobody wants to go. And we could could buy a a place that had a bomb shelter and put him in there and and, and never mind. Cut that's him. A different, and, that's a different and, episode. Wait, no. <laughs> exactly what I started thinking of when Sarah was talking about her bombshell. I right know that's a different that. episode. Is that next disclaimer, week's Bill? I I have nothing to do with any of this conversation right now. Do not send us nasty emails. <laughs> as long oh, as we gosh. give him peanut butter and bacon, I think he'll be fine. And an eagle oh and thread. Peanut butter, bacon, and needle and thread. <laughs> so the, the funny thing about the peanut butter and bacon is when you're not quite there in the story, all you can think is, where is this story going? Right? <laughs> okay, that's that's next week's episode. But in all seriousness, I have talked to people that have lived in the Keys and their most important item that they bring with them is a jar of peanut butter. Why? For survival. You got your fats, you got calories. Mm-hmm. That's gonna hold you over for a few days, I'd imagine. That's a protein. Point. Yeah, protein. You know what's funny point. is here it was um cans of ravioli. Like everybody was buying cases of cans of ravioli. I can't even tell you the last time I've had ravioli. Oh well, I had a lot of them after 2017. <laughs> and I just want to point out that. She went 90 something days without electricity. So I assume the ravioli was cold a lot. Well, yeah. it was it was ready to be cold, but you know what? I got one of those camp stoves. Mm. You just screw it onto a little tiny kerosene thing, and I could cook stuff on there. So we have shipment delays right now. There was COVID, and then there was a hurricane. What was the most extreme survivalist situation for UTC? Uh, the hurricane, because it included all of those things. Like after the hurricane, there there were plane parts at the airport and there were boat parts in the marinas. So you couldn't fly in, fly out or boat in or boat out. And then somebody stole the generator from AT&T. So there was no self-service for a short time. So that was definitely, that was definitely the most extreme for me. 96 days without power. How, how long was there no service? How long did it take for them to find that generator? Did oh they ever gosh. get it back? Yes, they did. So there's a curse word. I'm going to, I'm going to say it. There's a curse word on the Island and the curse word is mudaskunt. And it's like a run together of mothers. Hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. and so that's what people use here instead of MF and our, our, um, our governor, he would get on the radio every day at 5.30-ish. And one day he gets on the radio and he goes on this rant and starts saying that whoever stole the AT&T generator, he's coming after them. And they may not realize this, but they left fingerprints, you mud a scunt. And when I catch you, 
you're going to wish that I hadn't caught you and that the generator better be back where it belongs the next day. And ta-da, it was back the next day. (laughs) Good for him. (laughs) That governor is my hero. So Jesse talks a lot about mindset Mm. because a lot of your survival is going to depend on your mindset for a month and a half. How do you, like, what is your mental mindset? How do you talk yourself through? You said a month days? and a half. That's like three months. It was three months. Oh shit. Days. Yeah, you're right. See, I told I think, you I wasn't going to mad. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was Christmas Eve when I got power back, but you oh, know, what? I, live, present. I live on the, on an Island where the weather is beautiful. And so it's not the same. I have to tell you that if I had to go 96 days in the States without power, that would be much, much, much more difficult than it is here. When you go 96 days without power here, um, for you, when you say mindset, you're absolutely right. Because what happens here is everyone pulls together. So in the best of times, people tend to pull apart and start arguing and bumping heads and being unkind. When it's the worst of times, everyone pulls together and it really kind of is the best of times. It's, it's a weird phenomenon, but I think it's why people in the Caribbean are so kind in general because they have to be. I don't know. I liked it. Is that why you invite every single guest that comes on to our show to your <laughs> house? <laughs> that's funny. Only I said that's funny because I didn't want to say that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but you're a little ridiculous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's probably what I say all the time. That's awesome. Oh, you, oh, do, you do say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I love that my saying is yes that's awesome. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so mindset is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. It's something that I, I know TC thinks about like all the time. It's something I've been thinking a lot about lately. It, you have to have the right mindset to do anything to accomplish anything that you want to accomplish. And if you're telling yourself that you're never going to make it out of this, guess what? You're right. Mm -hmm. But if you tell yourself, I'm going to figure this shit out. I know the sun rises in the East and sets in the West. I know that I parked my car here and I hiked North. I mean, you can figure it out. Right. You gotta, you gotta be, you have to know that you can. And that's why when you, when you were asking, would you survive a day? Would you survive three days? I'm like, well, of course I would. What, what's the option? What else am I going to do? <laughs> I'm going to survive it. Yes. And then when I come out of it, I'm going to tell you why it was fabulous. And the best thing that ever could have happened to me. And she's going to write a book about it. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but in all seriousness, ladies. Oh, this hasn't been serious, Elsie. It's very serious now. <laughs> We're getting seriouser. <laughs> Much more seriouser. Also. <laughs> and also, um, no, I we we had an episode about sad. Mm-hmm. I I have been feeling sad lately. Yeah. Same. I've been having a pity party lately. Same. And 
my son was kind of exhibiting the same symptoms and I'm trying to coax him out of it and I'm giving him the pep talk and I'm like, this is the same shit I need to tell myself. Yeah. How? That's what my therapist tells me. She's like, Mary, would you say that to an eight-year-old Mary? (laughs) (laughs) Would you treat an eight-year-old Mary like that? No, I freaking wouldn't. I am able to talk my son out of it. Like it's all about mindset and you can do it. And then I'm like, why am I not taking the same advice? Yeah. So I've decided, I actually decided during this, our pre, our, our meeting actually before the show that I need to take my mindset more seriously. I was literally laying in bed on Monday. No, today is Monday. Mm -hmm. I think it was Saturday. I am laying in bed and I am telling myself all the things that I need to hear. And I'm like, why am I not getting up and doing it? It's hard. But you and I can be accountability buddies, Elsie. Yes. Boom. (laughs) We're going to do it. (laughs) And you can always text us. Yeah, but we got our, we got our group message and just be like, that's true. Hey, I'm laying in bed and we'll be like, get up, get your ass out of bed. This just got so much deeper, like survival in the wilderness to survival in your own home. Like it's so in your own brain, in In your your own own brain. Yes. Right. So yesterday I was having one of those days and what I did was I grabbed a book in preparation for one of our upcoming episodes. And I read through that. So I felt like at least I wasn't like wasting the time. I tried to do something productive. So that's what I've, that, that I'm, I'm just gonna work. I'm gonna work on the mindset. I made a, I made a decision. It's happening. I like it. The brain is such a powerful thing. You have to be really careful yes. what you tell yourself because you'll, you'll believe it. So uh, one of the fun things that I have found about um, everything that we do here on um, Siren Soapbox is how um, things pop up and, you know, it's the the synchronicities. Um, Yesterday, I I was feeling a little bit down about something that had had happened because of something that someone had said to me. And, you know, I had, I mean, we had a fabulous weekend this past weekend and I was feeling bad about something that somebody said and literally a few hours later, um, the minimalists have posted something on Facebook and also sent me an email saying, um, and it was titled, nobody has the power to upset you. And I read that and um, well, what a way to change my mindset, you know? Uh, And, you know, I wouldn't have had any of those things if it weren't for the siren soapbox. So once again, thank you very much, ladies. And I I love love that. You received that that message at the exact time you needed it. Mm -hmm. I yes. did. And, and I even, uh, that's what I said to them. I commented and said, thank you so much. This uh, came at just the right time. I needed to hear that. Okay. So Jesse Krebs says the Zen of survival lies in these five things. Sit still, rest your gaze, breathe deeply, chin up and get grounded. There you go. Dive in. Stay curious and be Be happy. happy. (laughs) Make the choice.
but it's Beautiful. hard. It is hard to sometimes just make that choice, but it is awesome that we can make that choice because we have that ability. <laughs> it certainly made me feel like Trish McKinley for a minute because she, she would like <laughs> trail off. Into yes. <laughs> okay. So our challenge for our feller, feller, feller. <laughs> Our challenge for our fellow explorers this week is we challenge you to learn how to whistle loudly using your fingers or an acorn cap. I mean, it's a possibility. This silence is TC trying to whistle. (laughs) It comes in spurts. Sirens, I had such a great time with you. Again, I always learn so much more from you guys every time we do this. I, this is a this is an amazing journey that we're on. Thank you so much. Love it. <laughs> I've got my head tilted. <laughs> oh, she does. <laughs> so next week we are talking about a book that we read, and you should head over to our website. Is it on our website? It's so on our website. Head over, head over to our website, check out the book we're reading, read it too. You're not going to want to miss our review of that, of that book on our upcoming, our next podcast. So make sure you head over Wolf Point by Ian (laughs) K. Smith, head over to our website and uh, you can find a link to the book. Good luck on good morning America tomorrow. Good luck, Ian. Although by the time this is, this is released, it will have been three days ago. Yeah. Hope you did well on Good Morning America, Dr. Ian. Yeah. <laughs> so head over to our website. You'll find the link to the book. You'll see all of the upcoming episodes that we have. We have a lot of fun things in store for you. <laughs> our PC. website. Web, oh my God. Yay, I can't wait for next week. <laughs> we love you, Dr. Ian. This is the worst. This is the worst closing in six months. (laughs) No, it's not. I love it. (laughs) So our website is sirensoapbox.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. And until next time, friends, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Oh my God, you guys, I love this so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.